0: what's up guys it's chloe Jolie. welcome back to the pimping patriarchy podcast we are doing a look back at the season two episode one episode of marrying millions this is a reality show that you can find on lifetime channel it is about different couples where one of the people in the couple is not so rich and the other is very very rich and they're on their way to the altar so let's get started again this is season two this is the first episode the first episode is called stakes with snakes let's get right into this recap and review so instead of jumping back and forth between the couples i'm just gonna cover each couple as its own little segment per each episode So let's start with the couple that I feel like we learned the very least about, Noni Green and her rock star boyfriend, Reese Records, which I thought was like a kick-ass name. I think Noni is about 44 years old. Reese is in his early 30s. Noni got her millions from creating a very popular beauty line called Butter London. She has three homes. She's so rich, she doesn't even tell us how rich she is, and she's really actually very cute. She looks like a little fairy pixie. I really like her style, and I'm eager to learn more about Noni. Reese is a very messy little boy man who I believe still lives with his parents or has maybe many roommates. Um, But he's not lying about anything that he does or does not have. He's very forthcoming about the type of person that he is. Seems like they get along great. They're both very honest with each other. So I'm looking forward to knowing more about this couple. So far, their conflict seems to be... Noni is interested in meshing their worlds together a little bit more. Getting to know each other's friends. Hanging out together more. Combining the circles. And... Mr. Reese just does not seem interested in that at all. He doesn't like her bougie-ass friends, and he has a feeling that his side of the family is not going to like their relationship either. It looks like we're going to have to wait to see more about this couple in upcoming episodes, so we'll just leave them right there. The next couple I want to talk about is one from season one, and that is Brian and T. Brian and T was were basically the star of season one, you guys. If you guys did not watch season one of Marrying Millions, you must, must watch it. It was insane. Insanity. Okay. Jean-T is one of my favorite characters on this show. I think she is drop dead gorgeous. Like her body, sick. Her beauty, her natural beauty, like her face, hair. Sick. Like she's so pretty. The entire season last year, I was like, what in the fuck is she doing with Brian? Like he's not even cute. I mean, maybe he has a big schlong or something. Who knows? She obviously saw something in him, but he's broke. He's old. He lives with his parents. And he's not even cute. He looks like he smells all the time or like he's always like slightly drunk or slightly on drugs. So we see Brian. He's still living with his parents' house. He's still broke as fuck. He's still ugly as hell. He still looks like he never can find a clean shave anywhere. And he's talking about how much he misses John T. On the season one, he got left at the altar by John T. And we were all applauding her for being strong and finally walking away from this douche-magoosh who lied about living with his parents, lied about having previously been being engaged to another very, very wealthy woman. Luckily, she saw these red flags as red flags and got the fuck up out of there. So I was very, very proud of John T. Um, But watching this, I became very nervous. I was really, really nervous that she would start being lonely and go back to Brian. And I think he's hoping and betting on the same thing. He's talking about how much he misses her. Blash to John T. She's agreeing to meet with him. She says she feels like she owes him the closure because of the way that she broke it off. Like literally at the altar. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on if you think she owes him anything. Me personally, I don't think she owes him anything. I think meeting with this guy is a chance to possibly... Get weakened by him I'm just very nervous for this whole meeting So they meet at a restaurant He gives her all kinds of compliments, but she's looking very very serene very calm She's not like all giddy to see him. She does smile when he walks up. Um, so i'm i'm still a little nervous They start talking She looks amazing you guys she has on this blue dress. She looks stunning like her body is everything. I don't know what she does if it's nipped and tucked or if she just works out like crazy whatever she's doing keep doing it she is literal perfection i would go gay for janty hashtag gay for gente. seriously she's a badass brian still looks and acts high at this dinner table i'm just ugh. i don't see what she ever saw in this guy he asked for a second chance, which we know that's why he's there, at least. And I was extremely, extremely pleased, you guys, when Jean-T was like, no, I've already moved on, just like that, you guys, and nip that shit in the bud right away. He looks very taken aback. He cl- he exclaims, oh, are you cheating on me? Like, they're still together, even though it's been months. And she makes it very clear he does. she does not want him to be delusional, or have any kind of idea that they are still together. They are not together. It is over. And I had to actually get up off my cla- couch and applaud you guys. Like, Brian is so gross. I I hope she can erase him, his DNA from her body for good. Because ew, ew, ew. That was a huge mistake, John T. And I'm so glad you were strong and you nipped that in the bud. So that's the last that we see from John T on this episode. The next couple I want to talk about, you guys, is Desiree and Rodney. This couple was crazy. I mean, this is a new addition. They were not on season one, and I am so here for this. This is a crazy matchup, crazy storyline, and I'm here for all of it. So basically, Desiree's in her early 40s. Rodney's in his early 50s. And Rodney lives all the way on the East Coast in the Washington, D.C. area. And Desiree lives all the way on the West Coast in L.A. She runs a nonprofit. He makes millions uh, with his wine and champagne business. Rodney, first off the bat, I know probably everyone else is saying this too. I definitely got vibes that he doesn't play for the team that would be attracted. To a woman like Desiree. Even the producer, she says, describe your dating history. And the pictures that they showed, you guys, were literally pictures of housewives. They blurred out the face but you could totally tell by the hair. You could just tell who it was. They showed a picture of Nini, Cynthia, and the grand dame, Karen, herself, from Real Housewives of Potomac, who we know has been married for like 40 years. So I don't know why they're trying to insinuate these are ladies that he's dated. I think the storyline at the end is going to be that he's gay. That's just just my guess. That's what I'm getting from this whole situation. But I'm still here for Desiree. I think she's so cute, so bubbly. I love a 44-year-old woman who still has standards and values. Although Rodney is super rich, she's over the top giddy about how rich he is. She still refuses to give it up to him. She thinks it's weird that she hasn't met any of his friends and family, even though he keeps flying her all the way from L.A. to the East Coast to stay with him at his estate and now his new lake house, and he pays all of her bills at home. She's never met any of his friends and any of his family. Again, to me, that's a red flag that he probably plays for the other team. And she's his little secret. But I guess we'll just have to wait to find out why he's hiding this woman from his friends and family for the last two years. He claims that it's because she's rough around the edges. But I don't really see anything like too extra ghetto. I mean... Yeah, she's definitely a penny pitcher. She's not rich by any means. She runs a non-profit. At the beginning, you saw her doing her laundry at the laundromat, that type of thing. Definitely counting the change before she hands it to the laundromat person. But um, she doesn't seem like... I don't know. Maybe she's hiding who she really is because she doesn't really seem like ghetto or anything like that. She just seems like very, very um, youthful. She has a very youthful energy about her. She gets excited about all the things that he can give to her and is showing her. And he, he likes that. He likes that, that she actually appreciates the things that he's able to do. So he flies her all the way from L.A. to the East Coast, which is D.C., shows her this beautiful lake house you guys it was it was a stunning lake house like it was perfection he tells her he bought it for her which I don't I don't understand how she could even believe that if she wasn't at the signing table like is your name on the deed like I don't understand why she even believes that but She seems like she's too smart for that, but maybe she's just too excited. But even still, through all that, even though she believes that he has bought this house for her and he cooks her a beautiful meal and all this stuff, shows her this beautiful home, she still insists that she wants to sleep in her own room. And I was very proud of her because, honey, there's nothing worse than giving it up and then learning all the fuckery at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep your vagina to yourself until... You get all the things that you need. And she's very, very smart in doing so. He keeps pressuring her about moving to the East Coast. He wants her there. I just think he's sick of flying her back and forth and spending the money. He also says because he pays the bills, she should just uproot her whole life and move whenever he says so. Even though she hasn't met any of his friends, any of his family, and there's no ring which is exactly what she says, and I totally agree with her. There'd be no way in the fuck I am going to literally uproot my entire life as a 44-year-old woman to move into a state to be with a man who literally does hasn't introduced me to anybody. I don't know anything about this man. You really don't know anything about a man or a woman until you meet their family. So you see how, how they were raised meet their friends, see if you guys all mesh well, like, there'd be no way I'd move out of state without those things, so I totally agree with her, so they keep pressuring each other, he wants her to move, she wants to meet the family, blah, 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 they come, they come to a compromise, which I think was a dumbass compromise, but he basically tells her that he'll allow her to meet his assistant, at first, when I first watched it, I thought he said, sister, and I was like, okay that's a little weird but at least it's a family member but no he didn't even say sister y'all he said assistant okay so she agrees to this she knows it's stupid as hell but she agrees she's gonna take the crumbs she's gonna take the crumbs and see if the crumbs can lead her to a bigger and better thing so they agreed to meet the assistant they're having the dinner and he, he basically says he only agreed to do that just to shut her up, which, I mean, that much is obvious. You're letting her meet your damn assistant, for God's sakes. So the last couple I want to talk about is probably the new star of the show. They were kind of the star of the show last year, but I don't know, T and Brian overpowered him and splendid daddy overpowered all of them with his fake gold and his fake tennis bracelet but this this couple definitely definitely was very popular and that is Brie and Bill Bree is turning 22 years old and Bill cannot wait to let us know this He that's like the first thing out of his mouth when they show the couple in their little uh, green screen interview style uh, situation. He wants us to know that she's 22 and he's in his 60s. And I mean, he probably repeats this at least 75 times during this entire episode. It's very creepy. Gives me very, very much predator vibes. But we'll move on. We'll keep going. He's building the Virgin Hotel. He is a master real estate developer this nigga is rich rich he's probably the richest person on the show he has millions and millions and millions of dollars his house is one of those old old money houses lots of expensive shit in it it doesn't look like one of these new age empty ass houses it's one of those old money houses with faberge eggs and fucking expensive ass art and bullshit like that it is beautiful it's beautiful i understand why she's fucking this old man i would be doing the same thing we meet them again they're still doing great they're still together they still in love with each other and he wants to throw brie a birthday party because what did i say earlier she's turning 22 and he wants everyone to know his girlfriend's 22 years old so he wants to throw her a birthday party And he wants to invite his ex-wife, Kathleen. Why? I have no fucking clue. This isn't one of the kids' birthday parties. This is your girlfriend's birthday party, and you're inviting your ex-wife. Fucking weird. I think they're just doing that because they need some sort of drama on the show, and I'm here for it. Also, did anyone catch the shade from the editors where they put under Bree's name, retired hostess (laughs) like retired i thought that shit was funny y'all retired at 22 i love it i'm here for it i love brie i think she's beautiful i'm here for her getting all of the point brie's mom wants to look hot at the party she wants to show some skin she wants to feel sexy feel good because she knows she's about to meet all these bougie ass motherfuckers okay Uh, and she knows she's about to meet the ex wife kathleen who she knows on season one said some really harsh shit about her daughter if you guys didn't watch season one it's basically kind of the same storyline Bree and bill want to be together kathleen doesn't like that shit so she's rallying all of dallas to basically hate on them, hate on Brie, make her life a living hell. They even end up moving to Mexico for a little bit of time. I think it was Mexico. No, it was Miami. They end up going to Miami for a little bit of time. But then Brie got so bored. She didn't know anybody out there. She started partying. He didn't like that shit. So they went back to Dallas. So here we are back in Dallas. But the the story hasn't really changed. Kathleen still doesn't accept Brie or her family. Brie still doesn't like that. And now Bree's mom is more involved. And now they're going to have to meet face to face. And uh, Bree's mom's a little feisty. I'll say that. Again, Bree doesn't come from money. Her, her mom reminds me of some old West Texas type bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like the white girls with them deep, deep Mexican tans that will fuck a nigga up. That's what Bree's mama reminds me of. So they're getting ready for the party. It's Bree's mom, Bree's sister, and Bree all getting ready for the party. And both Bree mom... And Bree's sister says they ain't with the shits, but they're with the shits. So Bree's getting nervous. Bree's getting nervous. She doesn't want her mama to go off and embarrass her. And she knows in order to stay close to Bill, she's going to have to somewhat get along with Kathleen because that's the mother of all his kids. So the party starts, and it is literally the best party I've ever seen in my life. Yes, the best party. I wish I could have been at that party. It was amazing. It was like the cast of Stand and Deliver Was there with the cast of Dallas. It was amazing. It was like Cholos versus Botox hoes. It was amazing like I Don't know who thought this up, but who whatever producer thought this up You deserve a raise sir because this is some shit. I've never seen on reality TV And I feel like we've seen it all It was Bree's friends and family who are like hardcore old school Mexicans and all of Bill's family which are all old scrappy rich white people and it was hilarious the one the white people on one side the Mexican people on the other so Bill gets up and says a speech again about his girlfriend turning 22 he even goes as far to say it she's legal now I'm pretty sure you're legal at 18 but for so he just wants to say that because he's fucking borderline a pedophile can we just be honest we can kind of like Bill but we can also be honest like he's fucking creepy okay not just because he's dating someone so young but that he keeps repeating how old she is he was trying to show everybody her bra on stage and stuff like he definitely objectifies brie which is a large part of you know dating up dating someone not even twice your age like how old like four times your age um it, it kind of comes with the territory but we're going to talk about it on this on this channel because i'm all about pimping patriarchy i'm all about you know doing what you got to do to to a certain extent you don't want to put yourself at any kind of a a situation where you are being mentally fucked I don't I don't think she's being mentally fucked just yet or mentally like emotionally abused or anything like that but he's definitely fucking creepy can we just be honest about that he's fucking creepy okay then Bill is over there talking to Kathleen he brings Kathleen to Bree's mom and I don't know why but asks Bree's mom straight up if she thinks Kathleen is beautiful. I mean, what kind of dumb ass, see, this was all a setup to get Bree's mom to go off. So like, honestly, no one can even be mad at Bree's mom. Like who asked that? Isn't she beautiful? First of all, why are you asking the mother of your current girlfriend if your ex-wife is fucking beautiful? never mind the part that the ex-wife talks shit about the daughter just 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 leave it at that that alone is fucking weird then you add in the fact that this woman has harassed her daughter all season long the first season so i don't know what mother wouldn't say something to this bitch you know what i'm saying and of course Bree's mom being the damn thug that she is lets her know yeah you're beautiful on the outside And, of course, that's when the episode ends, you guys. It ends right there. And I'm just like, how are you going to leave us hanging right here? Is it going to be a cat fight? We don't know. They let us get a little sneak peek of episode two. And it looks even more juicy. The party does continue. We get to see what Kathleen says back to Bree's mother. We also get to meet some new characters, some new sugar babies, some new sugar daddies, some new sugar mamas. So I'm here for all of it. I love this show. I think this is such an important show to review and talk about on this channel since this is what I'm this channel is all about pimping patriarchy taking the system as it is and just making it work for you which a lot of these ladies and gentlemen are doing. So if you guys liked this review, I would love to hear your comments down below. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Anchor or Spotify or any of the other podcast channels, I will see you guys on the next episode recap. Bye.